Welcome back to the Change Cultivators podcast. And I'm here today for my next mini series with Sophie LeRae. Uh, Sophie is the founder of Eve List and Will Forum. She is a experienced entrepreneur, author, um, and business facilitator that is focused on closing the gender gap in the workplace. Sophie has a very rich career, having also founded Naseba, a business information company, which specializes in supporting enterprise development in emerging markets, that she then expanded globally and became a CEO of in 2009. As I mentioned, Sophie is the founder and spokesperson for the Will Forum, which is a platform for business women leaders in the Middle East and Asia. Sophie, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's great. Great. So, Sophie, I love your passion that you have for helping women leaders progress their career in the workplace. And I'd love you just to kick off. You and I have, have, have obviously chatted before, but I'd love you just to kick off by giving our listeners a little bit of background on what really got you passionate about this area and what has made you want to focus your full-time career on this space. Oh, well, pure serendipity, actually. It, it came to me very unexpectedly. As I, I mentioned to you when we met, I was, I was definitely one of the boys. I was a tomboy, raised as one, very proud of it, and, and did a very short, very short stint in the, in the corporate workplace, so in the corporate world. So I, I did not experience what, you know, what was the stories about the glass ceiling. And, and I saw really them as stories. I, I figured I had just, you know, get on with it. Things are, things are not so bad. Started my, my business with three guys in my late 20s, early 30s. We had a blast. We grew the business. We went abroad. We did all sorts of fun stuff. And, and I moved to Dubai because our most of our business was taking us to east eastward. So I decided to move to Dubai in my late 30s. And, and I'm saying my the, 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 the timing and my age because I, I realized afterwards that a lot of women hit that moment of epiphany pretty much at the same time. So in my late 30s, I'm in the Middle East and my job is to is to help very senior people meet with one another, do business, you know, get investors and stuff like that. And I look around and and actually there's no more women. There's pretty much no more women. There are some women, very senior, that are actually coming from the Arab world. And that's another surprise because, of course, I have a little bit of, of bias stereotypes from, you know, from being a, a, a Westerner. And a lot of my friends in, 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 in the West tell me, how do you do business in, in the Middle East as a woman? And I, I see a very different picture. I see very empowered women, strong so these two things together, for some reason, connected, and I figured, okay, what can I do? Because there is a problem. There is obviously something that's not right. What can I do in my capacity with what I, my experience and, and, and what, I, what I've, I have in my little toolkit to make a difference? And that's how Will Forum started. We figured, okay, let's do a forum, a club, for these women that I was telling you about, these very strong women, to do business and to be able to go outside as well, the region, to do and, and also to have other women from other regions discover these women, break the stereotype, do business, and, and all, all good. So that's 2009, and that's Will Forum. And then I guess this 
became without completely without realizing it, it took more and more space in my life. It took so much space in my life than that a year and a half ago, I, I had to just give up on everything else and just, you know, say, okay, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And here we go, someone who who really was completely clueless about, about the problem ended up making it, her, her, you know, basically her purpose so it, it's it's funny because uh, often when when I meet you know younger younger people and say oh how do you find your purpose I said don't look for it it comes to you <laughs> <laughs> so what gets you up in the morning right yeah definitely and and sometimes it's what gets you up in the morning that you don't think it would have get you up in the morning so yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah and and obviously now you've gone on to to co-found Evelist as well, which is you know an amazing brand and product. And I, I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit about that because Evelist has a number of things. It's obviously an organisation, but you also have rankings for companies. So it's for companies, it's for individuals looking for jobs, and it's not just for women, right? It's absolutely. So yes, when when a year and a half ago. I, I, I finally, you know, <laughs> let go of everything else and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I came back to Europe and I wanted to, I wanted to go beyond just an event. I wanted to go beyond even a community because there's a lot of community uh, of women. And I, there was one thing that was extremely important because I've witnessed it is take this subject out of the echo chamber of women's clubs. Will Forum had already gone through that, that transformation of really inviting you know, the corporates and inviting men to the conversation and inviting ministers and politicians and people, all the actors of change in the same room to say, okay, this is our problem. It's not just the women's problem. But the events was just one one way of, of, of supporting the change, but I felt very frustrated because I would never see the impact. I would, you know, I would do the event. It would, it would be great. It would be inspirational, but that's it. I couldn't see after further what was going on in the, in the companies. So with that idea in mind, I got to France thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick asses. It's going to be awesome. And then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> and like every everyone else, <laughs> like oh, oh, what do I do now? Now what? And exactly now what? So we get together with two other guys, and one has a, one is a, a tech guy, and the other one is a numbers guy, and both of them have a, a, a big interest in the subject. And the three of us had a lot of time on our hands because everything else we were doing was just not not flying. So we we said okay. What can we do to give people a very transparent and and neutral set of information that can make them make the right decisions in their career, decisions for them, if they're interested in, for example, gender equity? And we looked around and we figured it's impossible to have info, to have real neutral information about companies in that subject. You get all, whether the PR or you get you have to really dig in some annual reports to figure out what is going on in the company so let's create an index of companies and let's score 
score these companies according to their gender parity efforts. And we know that no one is going to be great because it's the beginning, but at least it's, it launches something, it starts something. And let's join that to the jobs that they offer in all their subsidiaries. So for people to be able to connect both and when they're looking for a job to go on EVELIS to see the score of a company, to see the jobs and so on and so forth. And around that, let's create events, let's have you know interesting content related to career, obviously, in, in gender-friendly companies. And let's make sure that this is totally that is it's completely gender inclusive that it's not it's not a subject just related to women but it's a subject related to both men and women in the workplace so that's what evilist is it's a it's a not for profit organization and it's really completely focused on on increasing gender parity in the workplace by giving tools actually to people whether individuals or companies to to see, to benchmark other companies, to get jobs, to get connected, to, to get real neutral information about the subject. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And, I, and again, this is something you and I've spoken about, which I, which I love. And this is a, a mind shift for a lot of people, because when you talk about gender equality, you know, your mind goes to these, you know, feminists waving their bras around for women's rights, you know, and I think, you know, it's not really about that, as we say. I mean, you've got two men that co-founded Evelist with you, you know, you've had male partners in, in everything you've done. What is it that you're seeing the biggest need in, in mindset shift of people? Because, you know, this is a change that, you know, I think is highlighted really positively in some ways, but then in other ways not. And, and I love the fact that this is not a female issue. And before we actually go into that, you and I have also spoken about the macro impacts of gender equality. So we've spoken a little bit about the workforce. I'll get back to that. But you've done a lot of research and, and really spoken about the impact that gender inequality has on things like poverty and education and micro farming. So, you know, while on the surface, gender equality might seem like a very straightforward issue at the corporate level, it does have far deeper reaching impacts into society, you know, not just the workplace workforce. Uh, and so this is a big mind shift in, in, you know, for our listeners in terms of managing this change of thinking. And actually, this is a huge issue that drives very, very deeply into society. Chat mm -hmm. us a little bit about what you've seen there and, you know, how this is really impacting far and wide. Well, there's one, there's one very interesting uh, correlation to make is that it's, it's now very well documented that when male and female have equal, absolute equal rights, society benefits. It's, 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 in, it's in everything, even when they don't have equal rights, but we're getting there <laughs> and there's more funding being put onto women economic empowerment, for example. We see right away, really literally almost right away the benefit because for some reason, I don't know why, but women tend to, when they have access to funding, for example, they tend to invest instantly in two things, healthcare and education. And these two things are the biggest pillar 
for growth and, and to fight poverty. So the correlation between fighting poverty and gender equality is really, it's if there's a single thing to do to, to stop, to eliminate poverty in the world, it's actually empowering women. It's, it's, it's obvious. When women have access to, for example, to voting, which is far from being the case in many countries, the governance of a country tends to get better. Like you said, when we, it's been, it's, I was reading a very interesting report. It's actually the World Bank that, that issued that, that report about farming and about so microcredit and, and you know, funding microfarmers, men and women. And even in that area, it's not that both of them succeed, but women would, would actually farm with a much more sustainable uh, approach. So for longer return. So it's, it's extremely interesting to see. So anyone interested in eradicating poverty is a, is a feminist in a way by, <laughs> by essence and just to to keep in mind this because it's 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 mind blowing last year every year the world bank issues a a a document called women and the law and it's a it's a report of you know of countries how countries are doing in terms of gender equality do you know how many countries have 100% equal rights right now say to give a number Three, six, six, six countries, equal rights. I'm not saying equal opportunities, equal rights. So it means that everywhere else, there is a discrimination in the law between men and women. It's, it's just incredible. Crazy. The, average, the, global, the global average is 74, 74. So it's, 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 we're, so there's discrepancies like Middle East and, and Sub-Saharan Africa, it's 47 compared mm -hmm. to a hundred percent. So there's a long way to go. There's discriminatory work condition, inheritance, dress code, job discrimination laws in 104 countries in the mm. world still today. And that's so mind-blowing because a, we've, yeah. been, we've, been, we've been talking about gender equality for years and yet yeah. these are still the stats. Yeah. And that's, why, that's, that's why the World Economic Forum kind of evaluates between, it depends how they use it, but sometimes they say 100 years. And right now, after COVID, they said 257 years to close the gender gap. <gasps> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, listen, it's such a big issue. I mean, even with the, the UN Sustainable Goals, I mean, it's one of the 17 global goals, yes, you know. Yeah. So so let's take it back into why we are where we are. So let's go back to the workforce now. So a lot of our listeners are, are in the corporate environment. And what do you think the blockers are to, to this? You know, everybody speaks about gender equality, but really it comes down to you as a person making a personal decision that this is important. And what do you think the blockers are for men and women? You know, you and I spoke about why is there such a big um, gap in male and female salaries? And I'm, I'm generalizing because, you know, it's not everywhere, but they, it, it, it is a reality. And, you know, my thing to you was women just don't ask for, you know, a man will ask for more than a woman will. You know, it's our nature as, as human beings. So I think that's part of the problem. I think policy is part of the problem. But what do you think the biggest blockers are, particularly for people in the workforce, on why this is still an issue? What is the change that we as people need to embrace and learn to navigate, really to, to make this movement 
to a reality. And as I keep going back to, it's not a male female thing. It's a it's a, it's about all of us having an environment where you know equal rights and equal expectations, etc. Thoughts on on what's stopping it? I think at a at a really macro level, you said it in your question. You you understand that there's a change when you when you when you realize that there's a problem. And often, still too often, men, because they are 95% of the senior management is men. So they're men. I'm not generalizing. They're at the top, they are at the top of the organization. Once they really connect with, with this issue, they do something about it. Most of the time, they don't connect because, because they haven't come across, like, like, like it was for me. Or no one has bothered really trying to have a conversation with them. So for me, that's the macro thing. So, and and unfortunately, we've tried the business case approach. It's it's great, but you don't connect to business case. Numbers are great, and I'm a, an advocate for numbers. Obviously, Eve score is all about numbers, but numbers help you later on in the process. But to really connect your soul, I'd say with a challenge you have to it's it's a story that's going to take you it's something very personal very deep so more storytelling is is essential but at the top there's a need for a a, rec- a moment of epiphany somehow once this subject in a company is led from the top everything changes it's it's mm-hmm. no longer companies just go very fast in that in that area so I would say the the single block is the fact that it's right now not a business item. It gender parity is exactly it should be like a product launch. It should be led from the top. There should be resources allocated to it. There should be KPIs, measurements, objectives, money <laughs> put in it. A proper specialists to lead the conversation, not a women's group, no, not somebody that has a full job and needs to do this on the side. No, a, a person. And, and, and it's mm. actually happening because there's more and more diversity officers. But they need to have, they need to have the power. Uh, that's another thing. Very often it's HR and I have nothing against HR, but HR doesn't have the power unless they mm, sit, to make the decisions. Yeah. Unless they sit at the board. And they often do not sit in the board. So you need champions. And all of this happens when the top makes a a commitment. So that's one thing. But to make that commitment, they need to understand. They need to really Mm. digest it very, very well internally. And to do that, there's an emotional, there's a moment that is deeply emotional that connects your soul to that problem. The second one is is for sure the fact that right now, very often it has been led as a, as a female conversation. And often it's, okay, some women come together, they say to their boss, we, we have a problem. Yes, you do. Why don't you make a woman's group to fix that problem? So you mm-hmm. fix your own problem. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It's great. We vent. We, I, I've, I've been in all sorts of those, of those, of those programs. It's awesome, but <laughs> it, 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 it feels good, but it doesn't change anything. So we need to involve, invite, be inclusive, and make this a, a human conversation as opposed to a women conversation. And, and yes, there's a, there's a bit as well that is about, about us as women what do we want? You know, this conversation about having it all. Can we do? Can we have it all? 
or can or do we have to actually sometimes make a, a sacrifice like men do to, for for their career because men make sacrifice they they have to give up on stuff sometimes to to make this uh, go mm. further so the whole workplace is not designed to have it all <laughs> it, yeah yeah just, and i think this ca- this done. Ca- yeah, and this comes to the there's very small nuances in the word equality and equity. You know, it's equal, it's not really about equality because men and women are different beings. As you say, a man will sacrifice, you know, being at home with his family because he's got to travel and all that sort of thing. So we all make sacrifices, but it's it's being treated equally with regards to where each of you come from. So, you know, you and I chatted, and I, and I know with Eve List, you focus on the fact that there's a certain point in a woman's life when they naturally drop out of the workforce because it's, you know, family yep. and having kids and all that sort of thing. And so for our listeners, Sophie and I were just chatting about the, the introduction of VR, you know, and this immersive world and how, you know, I really believe women are going to have more time and capacity to to stay in senior leadership positions because they can work from home. They can put their VR headsets on. They can go and meet with their teams all around the world. They don't have to worry about their one hour commute home and back. You know, they can have a break in between to get, take the kids to swimming lessons and have dinner with them and, you know, still be immersed. So I think technology is going to help this topic hugely yeah. because, you know, as much as COVID brought in a lot of negative it's also really spearheaded a massive spike in technology and also working from home while some companies had it as a policy, you know, different countries also, UK was more open to it than the US, for example. Now everyone's doing it and everyone's going, we have to do it and we can. And I think that also for us is going to be an amazing shift in the workforce and from a, from a diversity point of view, just in terms of time and pressure and where you are in your life and, you know, enabling more opportunity, you know, I think mm-hmm. across uh, across the spectrum of a company. So what is your advice to, to our listeners just in terms of what they can personally do to embrace this change? You know, I know you say take responsibility for it, but really as a person, like what do you have to sit down with yourself, whether you're a man or woman, and say, you know, this is a necessary change in society? What do you think people really from an introspective point of view need, really need to look at to, to harness and drive this much needed change in in the workforce and society, I think COVID is COVID is an amazing revealer, a highlighter, whatever you want to call it. But it's also a a moment of you're on the on the edge. You can go one way or another way. But it revealed a lot to people individually about about the organization they work for. They've seen the true colors of the organizations that they work for in this moment. And I think this is going to make a big change. And 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 actually uh, initiatives like Eve lists are are born out of that this need of of transparency, right? Of really knowing the culture. They know more about their spouse because they've seen their spouse in their workplace <laughs> as much as in the house. And they've seen if, if if they're ready to share the the load. Because what you said about VR is is true. But if if women still have to do everything and and manage with VR everything. There's mm-hmm. a there's a, it's 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 not going to change. Uh, yeah. What this situation of working from home and the possibility to to remote to remote work changes is that now in a family we can share. There's no more excuses. We can actually share the burden and even the men- mental burden. So, I think to make the 
to 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 get to that shift for a man i'm not a man i don't know but i i really think it's it's a matter of connecting emotionally to a situation i see my husband when we we work together he saw he witnessed me doing much more than he was and there was a point where he felt he just felt like oh he felt like crap he said okay i need to get my my butt off whatever i think i'm doing <laughs> and i'm gonna help and it's it's balancing out now we're, we're we, we actually we tag team for women it's 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 the same it's it's telling their spouse you know this it's, go ahead <laughs> do it <Yeah. laughs> not not trying to manage everything in the workplace it's it's it, it's going it's going to really define which companies are getting it and which companies are not getting it mm. uh, for now as of today but i'm, I'm very positive i think it's going to change but as, as of today women are really hurt by the covid situation because mm. first of all they do, they make for the biggest block of of how do you say um, jobs that are not necessary that are in the service industry part-time workers those jobs that are just being you know let go the first so if it's not essential Mm. And so that's a, that's an issue in very senior position. That's what's even more concerning is they're one point five more likely to let let go of their job because they just cannot handle everything. And the and the fact of of working from home has been an even bigger uh, stressful yeah. stress. Yeah, I don't think it's it's forever. I think I think it's actually it it was a necessary break to really reflect on how our workplaces are designed and how things are working when we have this this beautiful yes technology that can help us but that can as well be very intrusive in our lives and make her mm. make us work even more you you hear a lot of organizations that have just worked even more than they they used to people are just completely burned out so it's going to be a very interesting five five years yeah. I mean, five years because the the shifts needs to happen. It's going to take over. time, yeah. It's going to take a little bit, but but it's going to reveal companies that that think completely differently. Definitely. And also I think it's an amazing boost for entrepreneurship because a lot of women, a lot of women have that in them. They just don't don't take the the leap, right? And and you have these amazing talently talented women that are in in big organization that are they're never getting there because it's just not made for them. And when they enter entrepreneurship, they they are amazing. And and it's not just young women. I, I've I've interviewed a, recently uh, a woman that has done some research on women over fifty years old that go from the workplace. They've been laid off or they just got tired of it. They started businesses and they, they started businesses for women their age. And there's a huge market and nobody has, has paid any attention to it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I love it. Yeah. So so I want to ask you two, two pieces as, as we close, two, two pieces of advice. So what advice would you, so there's two categories. What advice would you give to CEOs of companies to really take this, the, 
this issue as we go forward into this COVID world, all the things you've spoken about, what advice would you give to a CEO of a company to say, this is how you can make it easier for women and obviously the the, the gender divide across companies? I know we spoke about it being on the corporate agenda, et cetera, but personally as a person. And then secondly, what advice would you give to women? You know, I think fear is a, a big thing. And I, I was reading a quote by someone this morning saying, every time I enter into something with fear, it never succeeds, you know? And I think... For for a woman who's going, I don't know what's next. You know, what what is your advice? So there's two ends of the spectrum: a CEO running a big company and a woman going, do I go into corporate? Do I do my own thing? Any any advice you'd give those two groups with regards to embracing this change? To a CEO, uh, well, if he's asking the question, he's already answered some of it because the, the, there's a spark right educate yourself uh, it's 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 there's absolutely no no shame in educating yourself in a subject that you don't really connect with or have knowledge about because it's just it's just not your gender it's not your experience so it's very similar to the you know to the race conversation right now it's it's similar to everything it's not because you're not in the minority group that you cannot be part of the conversation but educate yourself about it mm-hmm listen here ask the silly questions that's why i, I want to create more conversation with men where they can feel safe enough as well to ask you know the questions that they don't know how to ask because if they ask mm-hmm. to other guys they, they don't know and if they ask to women that get very defensive they don't do it either so yeah those spaces that are safe enough for men to ask the, the you know the the hot questions and so educate yourself for women hmm I think there's a there's different types. So you don't become an entrepreneur overnight. It we we both know that it's, <laughs> it's a journey. So you need to you need to really assess yourself before you start something and see if you can take it. You also need to know when you get into the corporate world that there will be some pressure and you cannot have it all at the same time. You will be able to have it all most probably if you have the right spouse at home if you have if you have all the conditions but this 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 pressure we put ourselves to have it all at the same time and do mm. everything perfectly that our our you know brothers and husbands or best buddy friends never ask themselves that that did have you ever heard a guy saying i want to have it all i want to do this <laughs> i want to do this i want to do that and at the same exactly at the same time no go for promotions don't ask mm-hmm. yourself if you can do it uh, just do it do it if the person mm-hmm. promotes you it's because they think that you can just trust your your manager. I, I've said that to to many people. I pro, many women. I've never said that to a guy because I've never had that that comment. But to I had a woman refusing a promotion. I remember that refusing a promotion because she thought she could not make it. I said, Do you know that it's it's actually you're you're not trusting my judgment. If I promote you, do you think it's just to 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 make you happy? I, I have a business to run. I believe you can do it. Now I'm not so sure. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Trust yourself. Opinion. Have confidence in yourself. That's great. And any uh, podcast or books that you would recommend for our listeners who want to really, you know, understand and harness this change that we all need to embrace in this very relevant area of society today? To connect emotionally, it's not about the workplace, but it's about it's about the 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 immense gap that is 
still as of today more than ever actually the big gender divide worldwide and it's a it's an amazing book it's a super super thorough research and at the same time there's storytelling like 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 nobody's business it's a it's a book by nicholas christoph who's a an op-ed at new york times and, and, and an amazing reporter called half the sky so it tells the story chapter by chapter of women in different places of the world and different issues that are really plaguing right now our planet if you read this book and do not believe that you got to do something about the situation <laughs> There's really, I mean, don't bother. No hope for you. But it's, it's just, it's just that that it's, it's nothing is going to make you change your mind. I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a one that pretty much every woman that has been interested in the subject has read. But it still has good standing. I don't agree with everything, but it has good standing. Uh, Lean in by Sheryl Sandberg. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, that's really a perspective from a m- woman. She she had the same epiphany that I did. I I, I think. So it, once she got at some at some stage, she realizes, oh, I got to do something. And then and then another one that has nothing to do with with gender gender equality, but it has to do with leadership and transformation as a leader. So you can actually once you have that epiphany, you can actually transfer it uh, into your into your leadership style. It's a it's a book by a, a, a clinical psychologist American called uh, Henry Cloud. He's quite famous for uh, writing his big subject is on boundaries. But this one is a is a book called Leading with Integrity. It's a small book. It's very practical. It has a lot of a lot of storytelling as well. And it's a wonderful book to really digest transformative leadership. That's it. Wonderful. So I, very holistically in and out. Excellent. Well, I look forward to, I've read Lean In, but I look forward to the other two. So thank you. Sophie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I loved the conversation and love just your fresh perspective on, on the topic. And for our listeners, if you're looking for more information on the topic areas we've discussed today, you can go to evelist.org where you can find Eve Jobs and Eve Score. So in terms of resources, that's the place to go. And then Sophie also has a podcast called Equivalence, which talks very heavily on this topic across uh, the spectrum of some very interesting male and female guests and obviously you can find that on all the major podcast platforms so thank you for tuning in today and Sophie wonderful to have you thank you thank you